In my fists, there are the little bits of myself I save for another day, for the right moment. They hold clenched while I grind my teeth, gnash them into a smile for the reward of filling my empty stomach. Sometimes, though, my teeth are ground to the gums, and my stomach has waited so long it starts to eat itself. I channel my rage, the inkling of injustice, into my small, soft, calloused hands. My burning heart turns my soul melancholy, makes heavy my eyelids when my body is weary. My fists remind me there is still some fight left in me. When the sirens of law and order usher the city into slumber, a lullaby for those who aren't its targets. For their echoes I hear from the street below my window at 2 a.m., in this world where law and order is synonymous with black and dead, and I clench this pen in my fist and scribble because it is the only weapon I wield with certainty. For who narrates the cries we've grown accustomed to in this world of fashionable causes? In false solidarity, in a world where all who ignored our outraged exclamations for justice managed to collect themselves enough in the past month to show up for everyone else. Where law and order rhymes nicely with business as usual. Where black bodies strewn in the same streets you protest in are par for the course, where you don't give stepping over them a second thought. In my fists, I house exhaustion, and preserve the good fights I have left in me. This is just another angry, starving, black poem where I tell you what it's like to be frustrated and traumatized and overworked and poor and reviled and hunted so you can pretend you don't hear me. Hi, this is Ian. Hi, this is Jackie. And this is In Theory, Unpacking the Politics of Petty. Not much. I'm just here, still. Thank Somehow. God. Somehow. <laughs> By hook and crook. Hook and hook and crook. Hook and crook. You've never heard that? No. That's what. what that? For, by hook and crook is like. I mean, it's something my dad used to say all the time. It's like when you're figuring something out as you go along. By hook and crook, like you're doing it makeshift. Hook nice. and crook is actually like crack bindings. Like that's like our amongst ourselves that's basically like our um what, what's the word i'm looking for like our motto or like hook hey, and crook because we oh, hook and crook cute. everything <laughs> but yeah hook and crook somehow and crook. finagling you know um speaking of crack binding congratulations on this past event rose by any other name yeah it was mad cute um we had some awesome people performing and got some cool vibes going, and yeah, yeah, I'm really proud. it was good. Do you want to also uh, share the announcement that y'all made at the end of the evening? Yes. Um. <clears throat> so essentially, the point of and the reason why it was called by any other name was the point of the evening was for us to sort of debut as a performance trio because we do have a life as performers and like artists in that right as well. Um. But what we kind of like were hoping for for Crack Binding was to have it be a um, to have it be like a collective of artists, to have it be a production company, to have it be a place, like to have it be a community, right? And to foster um, all these events, sort of like by any other name and like our other event, Malcriada Magic, where we can bring people in to kind of share space with what feels like a community whenever we do these things. Because I think that that's what our work aims to do is cultivate that like collective and that community and to make it accessible for people who need it or like, and you know, to give support in that way to artists who might not have the confidence to just kind of jump right in, you know, because we did this through jumping right in and that's not an easy thing to do. 
So we want to make sure that we're cultivating a space where other people feel comfortable doing that. So that's kind of what crack binding aims to do. And that focuses on the picture at large and focuses on other people as well. Whereas um, the three of us also have a life as poets. Um, while it's like a branch of crack binding, we um, basically announced at the end of the evening that as a poetry trio, as a performance trio, we're going to be known as Café y Chisme, mm. which is um, coffee and gossip. Hmm. Um because I think that because that was something actually that Blue and I used to call when we would just like meet up to bullshit. She'd be like, "Oh, we haven't got chime this, you know, whatever day," and um, it always ended up being like us just talking about everything and like reading some poetry that we had, and you know. So I felt apropos, and that's what we're going to be known as as a poetry trio from now on. Um, well, congratulations, baby! Thank you. It's exciting. Um, yeah, and I was really excited to. Um host the event and was very proud to be a part of the evening uh, i was complete trash as usual but i was so happy no you there. were great <laughs> no they were uh, they were great don't listen um, <laughs> but uh it was it was really exciting and i was just so happy to see y'all in your element and um just being awesome and great yeah thank so I'm very you very proud of you boom Please, thank <laughs> you all right shall we dive right into the nonsense yeah let's what's chopping your ass uh I'm you start curious. you start out no. you start out okay you, start you want out. me to start out <laughs> yeah um I wouldn't know that it's like chapping my ass necessarily, but it's something that I am, I've been really kind of thinking of a lot is this concept of like ethical consumerism. Mm, um, tell us more. Ethical consumerism for the mere and simple reason that I think at the Can stage Can you provide is, a definition? Sure. Um, so ethical consumerism in regards basically meaning consuming, buying, utilizing services of companies and people and like, you know, I don't know what else that you find to be reputable and that are committed to, um, you know, working honorably and with accountability and, you know, basically not doing nefarious things in order to get their business, their service or their product running. Um, but I am kind of really hyper-focused on this idea because of like the concept that we're at such a point in late stage capitalism that like it's impossible to consume anything ethically. Hmm. And so, like, I'm struggling with that a lot, especially since ethical consumerism to me also is also can tends to be it's not necessarily the nature of it, but it tends because of the way things function, it tends to be accessible to those. It tends to be classes for the mere and simple reason that like hmm. ethical consumption is expensive and yeah. the products that are ethically consumable, let's say, or, you know, are expensive because yeah. it's going to be less. It's going to be way cheaper for someone who doesn't have it like that to buy, you know, to buy something cheap from like Walmart. I mean, we can, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm really thinking about that idea a lot um, in regards to like what it is that I consume and in regards to what it is that like other people do and what's the difference between holding accountability to that and like making sure that we're not supporting like, you know, we're not supporting folks or products or services that are like outwardly. I don't know. Well, I committing mean, like I, really fucked up things, but then simultaneously, it's like, but yeah, I'm just like really hyper focused on that idea. Well, and it's interesting that you say that. I think because also, um, it's interesting to me to think about you know the fact that you know so much of as we've talked many times about like you know like the popularity of wokeness and the popularity of. Um, ethics mm -hmm. at the, right now and kind of where the, where we are at that right now in our country. Um, <clears throat> I think it's very interesting to 
think about the ways in which, like, you know, this this movement towards ethical consumption also increases sort of uh, companies and corporations' desire for um, aesthetic. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. how and how they are promoting themselves and where they are aligning themselves and how um, I'm thinking I'm thinking specifically, actually, of um, and I don't necessarily know why. So I'll, you'll even have to help me unpack this for myself. Okay. Sure. But I'm thinking about, for example, um, well, I, I don't know. Like Shea Moisture came into my head for some reason. And I don't even necessarily know why. But just as far as like this idea of them of. Of like look just like you know the like the, this commercial comes out they're faced with this critique and it's like and the and the like CEO goes on to the Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. which is like already ironic enough to me because like, the so Breakfast Club is so, messy. messy, messy, but also like POC as fuck, right? But like, like so it's like so you went on the Breakfast messy. Club to talk about how it's okay that you had white people. In this commercial, because what it gets down to is that they think from, being like, on the Breakfast Club is like reaching a greater understanding. Where yes. if you understand anything, you know the Breakfast Club is messy. Like exactly, they're messy. And it's like, That's and what it's they like, do. And it's like it just it to me it was like, the reason I brought that up is just as far as like this idea of aesthetics, right? It's like so. Yeah. Oh, I appeared on the Breakfast Club, and black people listen to the Breakfast Club, even though I am a person of color also. But it's like, but you didn't in any way engage like you. Like that, that doesn't suddenly take away from like the fact that, right? You're on this messy ass yeah, show, yeah. <laughs> and you're promoting a, this problematic ass. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like yeah, just uh, that was that was a roundabout way. No, but I feel this, what you're this idea of like you know the the general focus that like turns to like, oh, when we're when when we as a corporation or a company are confronted with like an ethical issue, we revert to how can we shift the narrative? How can we shift the aesthetic? How can we like Olivia right. our way through this shit rather than actually like fixing the problem? Because at the end of the day, like it's making. Because at the end of the day, this is still these are still corporations that inherently, <clears throat> by the nature of a what it means to be a corporation and like by the nature of what capitalism is, at the end of the day, it's going to be dependent on somebody else's like oppression yeah and like you know misuse and mismanagement of labor so it's, it's like, like so when you who fucking cares yeah, if like you're like you marketing actually, it right you know of, yeah none of you are actual like it's like your solution to a more a moral issue should not be to go to marketing it should be to go to like Precisely. strategic planning or mm-hmm. it should be to go to like the people like how how management is run who is in management? Things like that. It's like, and that just never happens, you know. Or mm-hmm. possibly it does. Like, I mean, I'm not even gonna give them that credit. It doesn't happen. It absolutely does not because it comes down to the marketing straight up, as opposed to like, how can we actually, you know? Yeah, it, and so it's like, it's. I'm, I'm glad that you're bringing up this idea, like this idea of ethical consumption and like ethical consumption outside, like as, as in actually looking at how your corporation right. is run rather than how it appears to be run. Right, and then Simon. But I think what I'm commenting. I think what my chapped ass actually is is because of the nature of the fact that regardless of how they try to market it, no consumption is ethical at this point. Yeah. I'm really hyper concerned about the classism and like even the racism or like the combination of both even? that comes in <laughs> right, even like Even You mean it? You mean there can be two <laughs> like the intersection of classism and racism that comes into play when policing ethical consumption and who it is that gets to do that policing and who mm-hmm. it is that gets policed. And like yep. that is really irksome to me. 
Yeah. And that, I think, is what my chapped ass is. Because it's like, obviously, we all know that regardless of how a product is being marketed, like, it is still being produced and made and, like, distributed by a corporation. We all understand that. And we know that, like, what they say and what they do are two different things. But, like, I think because of the nature of, like, what that falsehood is in regards to ethical consumption, I think it gives people... It gives, it like, it leaves people feeling like they have the right to police what is ethical to consume and what is not. And then also, like I said, who comes into, like, who is it at the intersection of race and class that gets to police what is ethical to consume and gets to police the people who consume it? Yeah. You know? And, like, I think that's something that's really bugging me as I, like, you know, struggle to get through that as well because there's only so much that, it's not to be like, it's so hard, there's only so much that I can do. But it's like, when you only have so many resources, like, there's only, there's literally only so much that you can do. And it's not to say that we can't hold things accountable or that we can't be critical or, like, it's just more so, like, where do we fucking, like, how do we reconcile those two things? Yeah. Because it's not easy. And it's also the fallacy of the fact that, like I said, there is no such thing as ethical, like, consumption at this point. That's absolutely impossible. Yeah. You know, and that's a fucking unfortunate fact about our world. But I think people try to reconcile the fact that everything that they have or, you know, that it's reliant on somebody else's oppression elsewhere. Because once again, that also implicates us as Americans in the oppression of people elsewhere, regardless of how we're oppressed here, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I don't think people are comfortable feeling. And so it's something to kind of assuage, I guess, what that guilt is, whether they're thinking of it literally that way or not. And it's easier to police other people's ethics you know than it is to basically imply that there is no such thing as consuming ethically anymore you know yeah 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 Yeah, and that's a very valid chapped ass (laughs) lots of stuff you're working with lots of lots of stuff you're working there with there jackie right i don't know where that came from i I have no idea either but i loved it so Um, it's fine what's your chapped ass my chapped ass is um a very simple thing it's just i i as someone who is vocal on the social meds, about the social meds on the social meds about my general distaste for whiteness, supremacy, just all things white. Like no, that's all, a lie. I mean, like um, I mean, it's not a lie, but it's just like like I think my family kind of like gets like the one little pass, and barely they do. So like, I mean, after like, that, it's a after rap, that, it's like, kind of like ooh, nah. Ooh. um yeah um it's 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 uh, just as someone who is vocal on social media about my general distaste for um the many things that we are experiencing in this country in this lifetime that we have inherited from other lifetimes Mm -hmm. um i i get a little um perturbed if you will, a little, a little, um, peeved, one might say, <laughs> um, at just, re- at, like, receiving messages from people, from, mm, yep, pretty much exclusively white people, who I <laughs> like, have, you had to think about that, you're like, oh, well, no, because I want to check, I want to be like, is this like, accurate? I wanted to make sure it was I accurate. I wanted to make sure, but it is, um, of, you know, specifically you know, white people who I went to college with or who I'm friends with from different avenues of my life Mm -hmm. um, who come into my mentions, come into my, no, just come into my inbox specifically because that's important to mention that, but like who come into my inbox and, uh, and are just like, 
So I have this really big question that I want to ask you. Um, and I was just like, I just, like, I just wanted to have like an, a frank and open dialogue. I just want to learn. I want to do this. And it's always, Please. and then it's like, and it's like, I don't want to like offend. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, okay. And, um, I will engage with them. And typically what comes out of their mouth is like fairly problematic, generally unenjoyable for me. And I will like, you know, give a frank response because I said that I would. And then they want to argue with me. And I'm like, well, first of all, but first of all, here's the thing, here's the thing of it is that it's like, so you're coming to me saying that you want my perspective. Mm. When I provide you with my perspective, you insist on telling me that I'm wrong or that but you like, want me to educate I've had that you. happen to me as well, yeah. And it's, I mean, so many of us have. Right. And it, But I think that it's, it's particularly annoying because it's like, but you're obviously coming to me because you believe me to be some kind of expert or insight into this. Um, you, I would say nine times out of ten, they themselves do not do the work that I do. Um, and therefore, part of why they are reaching out to me is because I do the work that I do. But then you want to, yeah. like, say, oh, but you don't get it. And it's like, and it, this kind of gets into another little chapter ass of mine, which is the fact that, like, social scientists, this it is the only field where you can study it, have facts, generally just be in the know, and people will tell you that you're wrong just because they don't like what you're saying. It's, it's the only bullshit. field of science that that happens. Like, no one is going to go up to a chemist or, you know, a biologist and I say... I mean, at this point, people do that, too. I mean, also, how fucked we are in this, like, you're entire not world. But, but, like, I also generally, completely... Generally, as a, yeah. as a, as a comprehensive Intensive. moment right. for this, yeah. let no, us absolutely. say mm-hmm. that science is respected. Right. <laughs> but... <laughs> I fucking wish, right. But, like, it's... It, ju- it just is, like, it's a little wild to me that it's, like, so you know that I study this. You know that I, like, have dedicated my life to this in some ways. And, like, you know, calling myself a social si- social scientist is my own, I, it's my own little process with that. I have a very weird relationship with that. But essentially that is what we're doing. You know, right. we're dealing in the social sciences. So, right. like. So, bitch, hey. like. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. So, it, but it's just, it's just, like, I just feel very, um. It is, it is just, it's just annoying. It's very annoying. And it's annoying particularly because none of these people are coming in as people that I speak to regularly. Mm-hmm. Many of them are coming in as like people that have been like, like, you know, like fairly fucking distant, mean, like, like lukewarm acquaintances for a period of time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I actually have no, like, I have no bad feelings towards you. I have, no, I, like, I actually have some like, like warm, warm fuzzies towards it even, you know, just like, oh, like there's good stuff here. And so the fact that it's like the you have not shown any interest in the work and like the other aspects of my existence right. or my life, mm-hmm. but like you just come to me because you want this information, it's annoying. It's it's frankly yeah. annoying, and it's like Google is your, your friend. friend. But you know what? She is a twenty four hour girl. She is ready for you <laughs> at any single moment. That girl is ready for you. But Why actually, do you not love her? Right. Why? Why? You, you know? Because it's like for people, like for my, like me and my mother have conversations about race all of the time. You know why? Because the bitch raised me. Like, you know? Yeah, like, no, it's like true. She, like we have a relationship to where it's like she will say things to me and she's like, 
I have a thought about this. What is your thinking? But that's also because, you know, she's my mother and we've talked before. Right. My cousin is my cousin. You know, like, there are other white people in my life who will come to me of like, but, and, and the funny thing is that the white people who are like actively in my life very rarely come to me with this bullshit. And you know why? Because they do the work first. Right. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I don't need to. Right. I don't need to go to you for that because I kind of figured it out. But I feel like because, but I, but I also think that you're hitting on it right there because I, my faith in people is such that I don't think that they ask you to actually know what it comes down to is they are already set in their answer and they want to be justified. They're not actually asking you to sit there and be like, oh, like, what do you think about this thing? It's less about that and more like justify my thinking because I am discomforted by my thinking and I feel like somebody else is going to call me out on it. Mm -hmm, And like, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. has nothing to do with like, I'm really confused. And here's a person who's like, I consider to be an expert on this. It's like, I'm really dead set in this and I have a feeling it might be kind of problematic, but I want to ask somebody who appears to be an expert in this so they can validate me and tell me that I'm not wrong and that I'm justified in thinking the way that I do. And then when you don't do that, they want to be like, oh, you're wrong. It's like, no, it also gets down to people because this is another thing that we don't think about. People may not be engaging with posts often, but they're still reading your shit. They're still creeping your shit. They're still forming the way they fucking feel about you and your posting, your content and your thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know? So they sit there and they collect a bunch of things that they want to say to you about things that you say that bother them. And so it comes out in the form of a question. That's not actually a question because it's very fucking loaded, you know? And it's like... Yeah, I've had that happen to me as well, and it's, it's just, just like, it's very annoying. It's very annoying, and it's it's just like you know, like we we have plenty of pleasant interactions in the past. Like, just let that be, right? You know, I just and <clears throat> I just don't feel I don't feel impassioned to engage in a dialogue with you ever. <laughs> <laughs> I just ever. don't. I just I'm. I'm I just really, I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick of it, honestly. I just wish that we could let that shit go. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, don't, don't, if we haven't, like, it's just, like, we need one of those charts that, like, people put out. It's like, you know, have we talked, the, have right. we talked in the past, like, you know, months? No. Don't ask the question. Right. Yes. Okay. You know, would you consider me a friend? Yes. Would I consider you a friend? No. Don't ask the question. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, just like, what, what, you know, what do we, we need? We need a nifty flow chart. We, do, we, we need. need a nifty, ugh, nifty. What a grand word. <laughs> what an excellent word that is. Nifty. nifty. I love these random, like, yo, like, 94-year-old, like, white grandpa sayings that come out of Jackie Torres' face randomly. They're just really Like, delightful. what else? Wait. I don't, so I can't. nifty. Like, like nifty. Like, it's, just, it's just shit that shit that you've said in the past. Like, the, the, the podcast audience, they all know. We all okay. talk about it behind your back. We don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah. So, that that's my chop to ask. Yep. Fair. Bloops. All right, boom. So you shared an amazing piece with us, us today. Do you want to give us the title? Sure. It is called Law and Order. All right. And what is, what is the story behind it? Although, if y'all didn't get it, I really don't know what you're listening <laughs> I to. I mean, I don't know what to tell you anymore at I don't this know what point. To tell you give it up, like, it, like whoa. pack up your shit. Like, like you might, you might miss out on a couple things. But I need to, like, you know, do your research. Um, I had, I had actually written that like a few months ago, which is the unfortunate fucking part of like you know everything. Um, I wrote Cause it could have been written five minutes ago. But actually, <laughs> fucking. Um, what was I saying? Oh yes, 
So I wrote it a couple of months ago in regards to, um, obviously in regards to like policing and all that, you know, really fun stuff. And when I wrote it, I was specifically thinking about, um, actually I'm trying to think of the context in which I wrote it. Right. And then like to kind of relate it to like how it relates now. But I was just thinking about, I guess, the concept of security and like what that means and how blackness is synonymous with um, danger and insecurity and how that keeps getting black folks killed. And the idea that somebody else's security and comfort and sense of safety is reliant on what they feel to like is reliant on like the annihilation and like elimination of someone else. And so, you know, and so it's just like, it's, uh, it's just, it's, I wrote, that was the context in which I wrote it. And so, um, and then it was also, I think something that I was really thinking about when I wrote it was, um, and this is something that we've talked about on the podcast before also, um, in another episode, but the idea of like all these people now who are incensed and like moved to action by Trump and his cronies and all that crazy shit, you know, action is such a funny exactly. Word. But like, <clears throat> I have not seen a march for I like I have seen marches for everything since his election except Black Lives and like, or rather like from this. It's not that I haven't seen those marches. I haven't seen this particular population that I'm t- speaking of. AKA white liberals and just like white people in general. Mm-hmm. And like, even then, uh, for black lives, for black for, lives, for, I mean, you know, for, for immigrants. Let's yeah. be honest about that. Cause I don't know that I really see. I don't know that I've real. seen that really either. Yeah. Um, but yet you will, they were there for the immigrant for like in, for like, you know, the Muslim ban immigrants, they were yeah. there for them, but they weren't there for, they really haven't been there for like you know Mexican folks, right? Like or like yeah, um, but so it's just like it's been frustrating to like witness, from? right? Word like bitch. Have you not? Fuck did you here. not get an avocado toast? I'm for so salty, right? I'm so salty about avocados for the mere and simple reason that like now every white person on the planet loves avocados, and like I grew up eating avocados, like that is a fucking staple for like Latinx people, right? Especially if you're from the Caribbean. And I mean, for other Caribbean people as well, right? But like, no, I get. I remember, like, I remember being a kid, and we used to have, (laughs) we used to have this weekly thing where, like, um, a local farmers market would bring us a fruit or vegetable sample for like the kids to try and for the kids to eat. And one time it was avocado, and like these little white kids like took a little bite avocado, and they wanted nothing left, and I was like, boop. popping on little pieces and so now it's so fucking funny and like yeah okay like we can leave space for people's taste buds to change whatever but now all these white people love avocado and i'm like since the fuck when bitch since when um regardless from my little avocado tangent there no 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 please do please go in (laughs) because i feel the exact same no i i get really fucking mad and it's just like i'm not i'm not even latinx and i still am like bitch stop chilling these goddamn avocados like and doing like the dumbest shit with avocado like they want to add avocado to everything they want to be putting all these but it's like not to say that you can't like have fun and experiment with avocado but like yeah ever just taking a slice and eating it with your food or because that's what i you fucking get a nice little slice of avocado and you're like yeah perfect delicious but it's just like, <laughs> but um, I think in particular when I wrote that piece, that's what I was thinking about. Um, and the idea of like hyper-policing 
and just the fact of the matter being that we do live in a police state and like that's fun uh <laughs> and um i'm think i came back to it today in particular and like i'm feeling really compelled to like talk about it in particular in regards to everything that happened with philando castile yesterday which is aka mm-hmm. like um geronimo jimenez who is the cop that murdered him basically got acquitted and there was no not even basically just was acquitted. or like he was yeah exactly not even basically right no no he was just acquitted yeah so i mean there was footage there was footage right but beyond a shadow he was acquitted but like he got acquitted nonetheless and so i'm just like really hyper this is because i mean this is something that i talk about frequently also is the concept of anti-blackness as global currency and as a um you know as a global system and that and I shared a I shared a post from Son of Baldwin today in which it says the um, the unlocking key or some shit like that. Wait, let me look oh, for it. Oh, the it's it's um it was um the key to whiteness. The key to whiteness and white adjacency. Let me look for the actual picture because I have it on my phone still. But um, I was thinking hard on that concept i've always i'm thinking it says the admission to the admission price to whiteness and white adjacency is anti-blackness which is something that i think we've commented on plenty of times here Mm -hmm. um it's something that we even talk about just like in personal conversations that we have etc etc um but it's something that i was really thinking hard on especially since his murderer was not a white person and so that is so it's not that it's hilarious to me but it's interesting to me to watch people who refuse to kind of confront the anti-blackness in their own community. Um, It's interesting for me to see them try to finagle their way around this and not hold themselves accountable for it also. Because it's easy to sit there and be like, yeah, the system of white supremacy killed him though. Like, uh, uh-uh. It's like, yeah, okay, fair. But simultaneously, you don't have to be white to be a white supremacist or to uphold white supremacy. So, like... This is something else that I want to add to that really quickly is that, um, so a friend friend of mine and fellow, like, activists within the movement was uh i was talking with her and she was saying you know and she just like said this kind of offhandedly as we were talking about she was like you know listen you may not be racist but your uniform is and that's good enough for me and i was like that if that is not the fucking word because the number of people that are people of color but still like uphold and support this system that destroys alienates kills the people who look like them is catastrophic and like overwhelming and but that's how they get their legitimacy is like our ranks basically but this is something random though but like i was actually watching um like so i like live for queen latifah i know that like everyone else is like bitch like is it the 90s and i'm like yes it is (laughs) fuck off queen latifah is everything but like i was watching an interview with her and she was like I come from a family of cops. I know all, like, my cousin was a cop. My, like, my uncle's a cop. Look, all these cops. And guess what? All this shit is still fucked up. And I was like, wow. Literally all anyone has to do. Literally all these cops have right. to do is say, yeah, I'm a cop. And it's still fucked up that this happens, you know? And, it's and like, don't, hold up, also, don't hold up a photo right. for social media. Don't try to go viral. Don't try to get cute with it. Just say, no, 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 this is fucked up and we need to have a conversation Because about what it. it also gets down to is, like, examining what it is that you're policing and, like, what it is mm-hmm. that you are, like, what our public, like I said, what our public consciousness of safety is, right? And at the end of the fucking day, regardless of what, like, at the end of the day, it speaks upon your character and what you believe to be dangerous to society and, like, what you don't. 
like it already tells it's to me is already indicative of like what your politics are and like where you think danger comes from and what you think the response to danger should be you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's it's like i don't like you're inherently basically displaying what it is that you feel i have every right to see that uniform like as an indicator of where your politics lie Absolutely. And I can sit there and be like, no, I can't fuck with that. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like, the thing is, I I think back on, I think back on like myself as a child. There's a moment from my childhood that I really remember where I, and you know, and I mean, I was raised by white people, so you got to forgive me. But like, I was a, I was a little kid and I went up to a cop and I just saw like, in, in like, you know, the BP or whatever gas station. Right. And I was just like, thank you so much for all you do for our community because I wanted an officer to know that I really like supported him. And I was like, you know, six or eight or at the time. Right. Like, You're I was a fucking little kid. child. I and read I, to and a I, firefighter. And I, like... and I remember, and I remember, and I remember that, I remember that moment and it comes back to me, like, especially nowadays because it's like, I, I did not like grow up like wanting to hate cops and neither did any person of color who does or any person of color who like rightly is afraid of cops. Like, this is not something we, we do not wish for this to be the case. Like, I don't understand why, I mean, I, I do insofar as, like, I get that white supremacy is very strong, but it's just, like, how do you, how do you begin to believe that we are, that we want this to be the case? Like, we're just not making this shit up. We want better cops. Right. But we then want cops that do their like, fucking job. We want, like, we want to feel safe. We want to feel safe. Two. Right. Bitch. Like, God. <laughs> I'm just... It, but I would even take that a step further, and this is me speaking on my own politics, then. It's, like, the abolishment of, like, yeah, yeah, policing. Re- really. You know? I mean, I, like, if, if I'm being real honest, if I'm being like, real, I'm not like, trying just to shut that me, shit I down. don't believe in police reform whatsoever, because, like, it's not like policing emerged from you know, the need Safety. to protect and help the community. Like, the policing emerges as a way to police the population, particularly the black population. Like, excuse you, you know? Yeah. So, for me, it's like, regardless, it's, it, for me, it goes even a step further. It's like, no, abolish policing and, like, you know, figure out community solutions to community problems, which is, at the end of the fucking day, what it gets down to. And it's, it's, it takes the work of examining what it is that creates the conditions that are policed. You know, and like trying to combat those as opposed to like, you know, assigning people to combat them or rather punish but them. But Jackie, or... black on black crime. Right. But Jackie, but Jackie, what is community? We don't understand it. Nom, nom. <laughs> I'm just so like, I, uh, like. Right. It's just, Philando's been weighing heavy on my soul as it has been Mine for many too. of us. And it's just like. That was one that fucked with can't. me in particular because I caught the live stream by accident. Oh, because fuck. Ashley, um, there's a community organizer, a non-binary community organizer um, that goes by the name of Ashley Shackelford, who um, was linked that I follow and who has not been very active online as of late, um, but was basically sent a link by one of their followers um, in the Minnesota area, who I think personally knew... Um, who personally knew them both that were in the car and shared the video as it was happening. And so I came across it and watched way more of it than I should have and like watched it happen in real time. And so it's just like, 
And then upon finding out that he passed away, it like really fucked with me because I was watching it as it happened. And then it's and like that, that poor woman. My God, how did she have that presence of mind? I right, still, like, I would not. I don't know that I would have been able to honestly. How? Like, like how the fuck? And and that and honestly, the fact that anyone can look at that video and see her do that and like and not recognize like every like to have the presence of mind or to have the thought that like rather than like holding on to my partner as they die. Mm-hmm. I need to film this moment so that they're dead. But she is knew because what does that tell me that her shit was set up because she like you know what I mean? It's precautionary, but, and, and that's what I'm saying though. Is yeah. that it's like like part of what's so pain like even more than seeing him because it's like I can't I've to be frank I've I've still to this day not been able to watch the whole like even the the, the clip I just can't, right I can't do it. It's it's so it's just a lot. Right. Um and. Just like the, but just like part of what's so disturbing to me about that is that I instantly step into her shoes as she's speaking and she's just like, like the, the, the law killed my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm in the car. This like, I'm describing what's happening. No, sir, you did. He did not do anything and you're not going to say that he did. Like so calm, just so like, right. and it's like the level of like trauma that I feel amongst all of us and I feel myself is like, that is so, like. That's, that's, that's the result of, it just, it's, how do you see that and not recognize that it's like, this is literally a system that we are experienced so often that when our loved ones are murdered, mm-hmm. it isn't even necess- it isn't even our instinct to go to them. It's our instinct to preserve their memory, mm-hmm. to like fight for what's going to happen afterwards. Right. To try to protect, it's like, we can't, we don't, we don't even have the time to protect them as they transition. We have we we only have we we have to protect what's going to happen after they transition. Mm-hmm. We have to protect their memory, and it's just it's like how do you not get that? Yeah, I like I really I, I I'm and, and I mean that's part of the reason I'm just done. I'm done. I'm not playing into. I'm not playing anyone's educator. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I'm at that I'm point too. I'm not going to do it. I I'm not going to do it, going to do it because you saw the footage. You saw the footage. It is that it's right there. It right. happened live. It was lit- this man's death was literally filmed live, and his murder right. was literally filmed live. And you did nothing, and you said nothing, right? And you don't, and you still say nothing, and you don't want to do anything because it's more convenient to you to benefit from his death than to remember him, than oh, to absolutely. say his name. Yeah, and it's. And not just to say his name, but to uphold his name, nice. to like uphold his life. It is. It's reprehensible. reprehensible and there and there aren't. Word. I mean, I wish there were like it's. If you're not doing the work at this point, it's because you don't want to, and I'm not going to help you do it. Yeah. Because no. I need to focus on If you on don't my, get it by yeah. now, like, it's because you don't want to get it. It's because you like, don't want to get it. that's a fucking given, you know? And so, it's just something that I... And I, I also apologize. I feel like I'm not saying anything, like, direct or anything, just because it's like... This no, no, all no. Just no. Feels it was so perfectly heavy. articulate. This yeah, all just feels so heavy that. that I don't No, it absolutely is. And I, you know, felt compelled to write a poem yesterday, but, like, it was like, I've run out of fucking poems for this. Ooh. God, yes. I've, I've run, run out of feelings for this. I've, like, I've written this out. poem before. Like, I've, and I like, and I've said this before. I've 
I've posted this before. I've said this before. I don't even, I don't know what to, don't know what to say anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there is any, and I, and I mean, and that's like, we are 23 and we are already exhausted. Right. And so many of the people that I know, even who aren't like, in the streets or in, or or wherever they or wherever you practice in the movement right or wherever you like push the movement but just people who just give a fuck are exhausted mm-hmm. are weary and it's just like i mean i don't know i don't know what's going to happen i don't know i don't know when the revolution begins but it, it just it I what are we gonna do like right. what are we going to do how can we still be having the same conversations like I just attended this reading um, of a show that was you know inspired by the life of Emmett Till and it was just like yep well that hi <laughs> right like, that was Tuesday yeah like it, it, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's. I don't know how to. I don't know how to teach you compassion. I don't know how to teach you empathy. Ooh. I don't know how to teach you. Um, I don't know how to teach you how to look beyond yourself to care. Right. I don't know. I don't know how to tell you that an innocent person dying is a tragedy. I don't I don't know how to make you care that one life was lost rather than apparently the only time that you care is when it's multiple lives. And even then you really don't care because if like because it's like if you really want to like if you want to hold the capacity of all the people who are dying in the world at any one time for like reasons that are unjust and unfair. Mm-hmm. They certainly are the ones you create hashtags or filters for. There's certainly many more yeah. that occur that you just don't talk about that, that are about, that are absolutely. inconvenient for you to think about. Right. <laughs> the the wars that you care about, they're happening everywhere, every day, mm-hmm. for people that don't look like you, mm-hmm. and often they're happening in your backyard, and you don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, you are the one supporting the war. So, absolutely. Who once again gets back into the theme of a piece? Yeah. It's be, the theme of a piece being what, like, who it is in the public consciousness that is deemed the sacrifice for the sake of peace, and who is deemed by their mere existence and you know life a threat to peace, and this concept of peace, this like very convoluted and corrupted and like perverted concept of peace that we have, you know. Yeah. I mean, just, just like the the part of that poem that I love the most is you know the lullaby for those um, oh, I'm forgetting what it, what it was a right, lullaby but, for those who aren't its targets yeah it's just like a siren is a lullaby and I'm like wow like that really is so so real of you know all these people who lift up their blue lives and are just so proud and whatever and it's just it's I don't know. And I and I think that something that I'm really I'm really I'm really sort of unpacking for myself the um, association of blackness with our traumas 
And yeah, I totally understand. And really that. trying to navigate how to recognize recognize our traumas while also holding up our beauty mm-hmm. and our greatness and everything that makes us so wonderful and so special. Um, that's all I want to say about that, I guess. Um, no, yeah, I feel that completely also. Yeah. Um, I think all, it was our plan already to do this, so we'll just, I think we'll just kind of jump in because obviously Philando is going to be our moment of silence for today, mm-hmm. so I think that we'll just practice it now and then we'll come in a little later because we haven't, like, offered any kind of, like, well, here's how I'm practicing self-care during this moment or anything like that, you know? Right. Because, honestly, that doesn't feel genuine at the moment, but, uh, uh, let's just do our moment of silence now and then we'll, um, come back with Bay of the Day and all that. Yeah, sounds good. Great. Okay, so... So this moment of silence um, that we've had so many times before for a different name and we name actually and did. I want to say that we, I could be misremembering, but I feel like we did one for Philando already, at some point. Is that real? <laughs> we could have. But like, also, it's fucked up that we're like. It could we been, know? It could have yeah. been someone else. Yeah. Um, I don't think we did it for Philando. I think that I can't. Well, I can't remember. Right. Either way, uh, this particular moment of silence is dedicated to Philando and uh, the many Philandos that have come before him. And I unfortunately have to believe the many Philandos that will come, come after. Castillo, presente. Tell us, Ian. Tell the kind folk. Who is your Bay of the Day? My Bay of the Day is a book written by a certain goddess um, by the name of Janet Mock. The book is called Surpassing Certainty. I happen to have a signed copy of the book. How was that... How is that possible? <laughs> would you mind? Would you mind telling the I podcast was, audience? <laughs> I was in a BuzzFeed video, and they surprised me with Janet, and I got to sit down and talk with her, and then she gave me a book and signed it. That and shit is amazing. Yeah, it was very nice. I'm really uh, shout out to BuzzFeed, problematic <laughs> faith, but um, you know, actually, also just an, another moment, another reason that Janet is amazing. Um. So her new podcast, Never Before with Janet Mock, which I've been um, promoting more than my own podcast. Eh, I'm <laughs> fucking dead. But I love y'all. Um, <laughs> but um, Lena Dunham is the executive, executive producer, to which we all said. How do you feel hey? about that? Because I know that we had mentioned it prior to the um, prior to the podcast like being released, and I was kind of interested to like see what your take on it was going to be. Well, I mean, for anyone who's listened to just, like, the promo that they did, uh, they were, like, like, Janet actually says, and I'm also going to be interviewing Lena, Lena, and I'm going to be holding her 
feet to the fire about all the problematic stuff too. Don't trust me. And like, like in in, in, in Lena's face, like in rec, in record, it's like talking about how like right. Like and like Lena's obviously like playing up her like you know I'm problematic as fuck ha 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 and Janet's being like I'm over you Janet's like um, bitch but then but then actually um I the PR company I work for represents someone who interviewed uh Janet Mock and during the interview Janet Mock like talked to her podcast and said Lena Dunn's producing and then they said you know she's my problematic fave love her to death but like and it was like that is such an amazing thing to be like. This I recognize that this person is problematic. I'm not acting like I'm not revising history, right. but I also have a relationship with them that is beyond the cameras that you and what you see of them. Right. So I think in that way it was. Um, I really appreciate that Jenna is um, recognizing the bullshit. Right. I appreciate that she's not acting like you just saying nothing. Right. Um, and I'm not going to tell her who her friends should be, because I don't know Lena Dunham. Right. I mean, I know what I know about Lena Dunham and what I know about Lena Dunham I'm not a huge fan of. Right. But, you know, everyone contains multitudes and there are certain aspects of what she does and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And the other aspects, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, no, bitch. Right, you know, exactly. It's like, I'm certainly not going to be following Lena Dunham's career. I'm certainly not going to be advocating that anyone else should follow Lena Dunham's career. But I am advocating that anyone who has sense should follow Janet Mock. Yeah, and word. Fair. If Janet Mock is saying, look, this is my problematic fave, but that doesn't take away from the fact that this bitch is creating an opportunity for me, I am certainly not going to stand in the way of a black trans woman um, getting her own. Right. So, yeah. If Lena Dunham is providing a platform for Janet Mock, that's one point for Lena. And that's all that is. Right. It doesn't, make Lena, it doesn't absolve Lena of any of her other bullshit. It just means that Janet Mock is amazing and Lena has sense enough to recognize that right and not only recognize that but create opportunity for that so i'm chill yeah and otherwise sense. like but that, but really what my what my uh beautiful beautiful the book is amazing i'm reading through it, I need to pick um, it up. i'm still having uh i'm having a moment of like reading through it and being like now is it just that i'm so in love with janet that i like am forcing myself into this narrative or is it actually that like literally everything that is being said feels like me and feels familiar and feels just like whole and it, yeah, it just, I, I'm very much identifying with the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very excited for Jackie to, um, pick up her copy so that she can read it and tell me whether I'm crazy yes. or not. Not crazy. I don't want to use that word. Um, no, but I understand what you're saying. You know, whether so like, like, whether you know, or not that's like, I'm like, yeah. do you actually see, do you actually see me in this as well a little bit? Or am I just, <laughs> or am I just like, just I love Janet so much. Right, you know? right, right. Because either is completely possible. Totally fair. All right, babe. Who is your bay of the day? Um, this is going to be annoying, but my bay of the day for this week is actually Straight Man, which all of you um, oh my God. already know I him. Already know him from uh, our first few, or rather our first episode, not even like our first few episodes. Straight Man is like, still part of the family. We just haven't heard word, from him. Exactly. We just haven't heard from him in a minute. But um, regardless, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so my... Bay of the day for this week is straight man in particular, only because I've had this moment of, for you podcast audience who may not know this, um, straight man and I are currently sharing the same residence, which is interesting. They moved in together. (laughs) Um, And so it's been a really interesting sort of transition for me, Um, even just like outside of us personally, as two people who are in a relationship together just like into the dynamics of like what that is and like what we expect those dynamics to be. Um, and in that same regard, 
just being really kind of like glad for his presence because he is so and I say this all the time and I say this to a lot of people and I think they side eye the fuck out of me because I'm like okay like you trying to justify some shit justify but justify sorry oh, I heard justify you trying to justify some shit <laughs> sorry that was just funny to me <laughs> no that was pretty funny um but it's it's always interesting to me to listen to Jake, I think a lot of the time, right, Don't we talk that, about... that real name now. <laughs> yeah, right. I almost did. And then I was like, oh, no, no. Oh, no, no child, no. No, you're trying to have no one else know your blessings now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but point being, I'm always kind of interested because I think a lot of the time when we talk about radical thought um, and what that means to practice it, straight man is somebody who does not have the language who never a had the access to that language and b just like does not have the language right now even and like would not necessarily come to it on his own for a lot of the actions that he takes which can be sort of surprising like he says some shit sometimes that like surprises the fuck out of me but i'm like what did you you just okay did you just you just all right okay come on exactly come on now come on now but it's like it's it's really fascinating to kind of see him kind of defy what expectations for him are Mm -hmm. you know like what like social expectations for him are and like what the even the expectations of people who supposedly love him like watching them have certain things that they think of him come into play like the way that he's treated by certain people and like Mm -hmm. the way that he is perceived as walking through the world and like he's just he takes it with a lot of grace and I'm always just overcome with his generosity, especially because he is very, very generous and like, you know, tries to play into that thing of like, I'm an asshole. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like fair, I guess we can say that you are, but like I am too in that regard. But simultaneously, like I think something about him that I have always been really drawn to is his generosity and his openness with everybody, whether or not he like thinks of it that way, because I don't necessarily know that he actually actively thinks of it that way either. And I don't know if he sees it in himself, but that's i think just like having him in such close proximity and like watching his willingness to just kind of like do things for the sake of doing them and being like no like i do this because i care it's really interesting and it's really nice to have somebody be supportive Mm -hmm. because he comes to everything it's like it doesn't because it's also easy and i've been in the situation before where somebody like can still be present but give off the impression that they're being dragged there right and it's like okay but like he shows up and is like engaged and excited and like has feedback and commentary and like is actually supportive right and then that also causes me to examine what support means because i think too often especially with cis het men we're like because they and this like sounds fucked up but it's real because they are socialized to feel like they have to do so little we think that the bare minimum is like amazing and it's like no that's what the fuck this person should be doing yeah you know and so we're like okay with the bare minimum and like what we perceive that bare minimum to be and so like having to see him go beyond expectation and like do things for the sake of doing them and really kind of be provided with a great example of what support actually means outside of that context of like, here's somebody who's doing the bare minimum. Let's fucking celebrate that. You know, that's been really great for me. Well, I also want to take a minute and celebrate him a little bit because 
And actually, straight man number two does this. Like, it's so much that we have, like, two residents, like, straight men. Right, two podcast, residents, straight like, men. And they both kind of, like, share similar qualities. But, um, in, in the, in, in this, in this particular way. Mm-hmm. But, um, I want to celebrate straight man, the original, the OG. Um, <laughs> because we, at, at Rose by any other name, sponsored by Crack Binding, um, uh, <laughs> There was um, uh, one one of Cracked Binding's siblings was there, and they were and like and he came up to me and was just like you know oh like you know yeah like dude like lo- like you know like I've seen you around before and your work your work is great and dude you do th- do this do that and it was like and I was realizing just like how hard those words twitches are to me, forever you know like... and it's like and it's and I recognize that he has no. He has no ill will in using those those words at all, but it's it's that thing of like I can tell that while you may even like have been told my pronouns or have and like you kind of get that I'm an other, you still use language for me that you would you that you would not use for like you know a cis woman or someone that you viewed in like a more right. feminine way, uh-huh. and and that's really difficult. But I but then like later in the evening I was like I was like saying bye to straight man straight man I was like. Okay, see you later, sweetheart. Bye. You know, and like gave me a hug and was like, and like, and, and, it, and I just, it was such a gift. <laughs> like, I, and I really mean that with all yeah, of my yeah, heart. Yeah. Like, just like to be, to be, to like for someone to place soft words upon me, gentle mm-hmm. words upon me was really such a gift and it's such like a small thing but it is such an affirming thing of like you know like you don't call like you know straight man ain't going around to his bros saying like you know oh sweetheart like you know see you later like he's saying that <laughs> shit you know like, right I, I mean I, I like I, like, I can't help but like make fun of straight man as I see something nice about straight man I'm sorry straight man but um <laughs> but you know what I'm saying it's like that was that's such a um in, in what you're saying of, like, you know, what it means to, like, do this work and, like, why I kind of, like, this whole idea of, like, social scientists, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's such a gross thing. Right. Like, but that's truly, like, radical action to, like... Right, and to so not, he like, does Just to, like, shift, shift mm-hmm. your language. It's, like, it's not even about... Because, like, it takes it a step further beyond my pronouns. It's not just about, like, learning how to use my pronouns correctly. It's about learning what kind of language feels gentle to me in a way that's not even a conversation that we've had. You know, right. just to be, like, no, you're totally a sweetheart. Like, you, it doesn't make sense to call you dude. Right. No one's going around fucking calling me dude, and if you are, it's because like it, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. Right. I know that everyone's like, "Oh, dude is gender neutral." No, it's fucking not. <laughs> it's not. It's it not. really isn't. Coming from somebody who like uses the word dude, but like simultaneously Would you having ever been in your life, call me a dude. Absolutely not. For what fucking like reason? because it doesn't seem. It doesn't fit me. It doesn't, me. It doesn't fit make any you. Sense. It just doesn't work for the given gross. situation. It right? feels gross. I don't like it. Right. Like, don't ever. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no. no, no, never. No, no. Um, and and see, that's the thing is that like that is a moment of like, that's a moment of actually doing the work to not just be like, oh, you use they them pronouns, but like, oh, you identify as non-binary, and here's all the many ways that that takes place. Right. Exactly. You know. Yeah. I'm paying attention. It's like it's not like I'm kind of glazing over what you're wearing and kind of be like, oh, that's something other, or whatever, dude. It's like you're like, oh, okay, this is how like because I we we wear things we. We act in certain ways that are 
cues of how we wish to be treated, you know? Oh, absolutely. Which, I'm, I'm walking on a thin line of that because, you know, then people can say, oh, well, you wear a fucking low, like, low-cut skirt dress or something, so you want to get raped or blah, blah. You know, I don't want to go into any of that, but, like... Right, because that's not what you're saying. That's but also, saying. that's, like, literally not what you're saying. Anybody who interprets know, it that way wanna, is, like, looking for... I just want to, to clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's like, but we we place things on our body as a way to, like, say, like, please interact with me in this way, you know? Please, like, you know, or... Engage, like this is what this is how I feel on the inside. Engage with that, right? You know, uh-huh. engage with what I'm showing you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I I just very much appreciate him in that way for doing for doing those like small, not small at all, like fucking huge things that are seemingly small and that people forget about that actually really do some beautiful healing work. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like yeah. him too. He's cool. Whatever. Ugh. <laughs> Fine, we like straight men. Fine, I guess. Uh, Is that it? Yeah. All right. Well, this has been another great episode. Um, Another another great episode. It was so happy. We all felt great. We were so excited. We were so happy to be here. Um, God, I'm sorry, y'all. So we are um, in an interesting position. Uh, We had... had, um, a potential uh, studio that unfortunately fell through and our plan was to double up on recording so that um, while I am gone in July for um, a program with Humanity in Action um, we could still be providing y'all with content. Um, we have not yet discussed what we're going to do for that now that space has kind of fallen through um, but uh, if you have any ideas if you want to hear from us please email us at intheorydp at gmail.com we do check please that do. email. We'd actually just love to hear from y'all in general. Please, please, please send some things through. We'd love, love, love to hear from you. Um, we'd also just love to know who the fuck is listening. Is anyone listening? I'm not I really sure don't know. But you know what? Ian, regardless, I have no answer for you. Regardless, we love y'all and we'd love to hear from you. So please send something. Even if you already like talk to us on the daily, just like send us something. Like like you know, if you're if you're a mom or a friend, just send something so that we feel a little bit of love. <laughs> Thanks, mom. We're feeling alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So if you have any ideas or anything that you would like to see the podcast do, if we may take a break, we may not. Um, right. We'll get back to you. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, uh, I do have um, church announcements. Yeah, church announcements. Hey. Um, Another goddamn lesbian movie is actually going to be coming back on June 30th. We just confirmed the space, so um, I'll try to get that information out as soon as possible so that um, uh, y'all can come and see it. Because the last time I was kind of like, well, the show's out and it's sold out. And you are shit out of luck. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, there's that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm doing a reading... Uh, that's essentially um, what does the Trump presidency mean to you? It's a collection of interviews that are being um, that we are performing. Um, there is a Facebook link that I can uh, that we will be putting in the description box below. Right. Um, so anything else? Anything else? Um, I think we're good. I think I'm good at least. What, what about you, Boo? Um, Crack Wendy is having their next open mic slash other thing called Hoetry, Tales of Love, Situationships, and Sex, at also on um, June 30th. It's also the first in a, ser- in a summer series. Yes, it's that? also the first in the summer, what we are referring to as POW series, so Poetry, Outreach, and Workshops. Um, that's going to be on June 30th. 
at 11 p.m. So I'm hoping to actually catch another, not another goddamn lesbian, or another goddamn lesbian movie um, before that. So you may be able to have the so double able whammy to do of the In Theory and Back Politics of Petty Show. Yep. In and out of the audience. <laughs> um, and so basically it's called, like I said, Hoetry. Um, it's going to be from 11 to 2 at Wow Cafe Theater. It's an open mic and a dance party. All forms of performance are welcome. Um, it's going to be really lit and super fun. Mad excited. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it for us. I think we're good. All right. Love y'all. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.